Welcome to the Hoopologist Podcast. My name is Safe Basaria. And I'm Asad Lalani. And listener, if you're watching us, you can tell we're in the same room and it's just the two of us. Kay's unfortunately is dealing with some family. Th- Not unfortunately, it's fine. It's like family stuff. He's fine. He's fine. And, uh, and Shaban also happens to be dealing with family things. So for this episode, listener, you get myself, you get Asad. And that's it. But we are only previewing two teams. It's the NBA Finals. Uh, if you live under a rock, the Boston Celtics will be playing the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals this year. And um, I hate it. I hate it because I hate the Celtics. And I hate it because I hate... No, it, it, I think of the teams we had left, this was going to be the most entertaining two teams in the Finals, no matter I hate the Celtics or not. They're a good basketball team. And besides many games against the, the Miami Heat, they are actually quite fun to watch. Uh, so what do you think, man? Are you excited for this one? Yeah, I agree. Definitely between between Boston and Miami, the, the, the team that would be more fun to watch the Warriors play against is definitely Boston. So I think it's going to be a great series. We'll get into the, the the depth of you know the series and where we're going and you know the the X factors and all of that. But overall, I'm excited. It's the best case scenario from what we had left. Golden State obviously is a highlight real team. They they're so fun to watch. They move fast. They play fast. And Boston has been terrific and really turned it on in the second half of the season. And now in this playoff run, defeating some really, really good teams. So it's going to be a tremendous finals. So like, obviously something we have every year is for whatever reason, some fan base feels this is unfair or unjust that their team did not make it. What fan base or what team is sitting at home right now going, this was, this was ours, man. We feel like we fucking missed out. First comes to mind is my is Milwaukee. That so. that's exactly I'm hundred percent in lock with you. My, yeah. Milwaukee. This is Milwaukee. They would have they should have been here. Yeah. With a healthy Chris Middleton, this that series could have been completely different and what could have happened. And the fact that Milwaukee even took that to seven without their second best player goes to show how talented of a team they were and how much upside and they had coming into this playoffs, coming off a tremendous finals run last year. So would have been different, you know, a Giannis versus Steph Curry, two of the the NBA's poster children, along with LeBron James, you know on the front stage, but injuries are the name of the game. And unfortunately for Milwaukee, they couldn't get over the hump and it's Boston's time. They took advantage of the situation mm-hmm. and now they're here and it's, it's now their time on the national stage. I mean, look for what it's worth. Yes. Milwaukee probably should feel hard done by uh, not for any other reason than yeah, the health of Chris Middleton got in the way. And if they would have been healthy, I think that the series would have gone differently. I think it would have been still a good series. It would have been a fun series and Boston is still a fantastic basketball team and could have still won it. But I'm sure Milwaukee and their fans are probably thinking they likely wouldn't have uh, have missed out on the finals this year. Should Phoenix should Phoenix feel some type of way? Yeah, they should. They they were so dominant all year. I re- <laughs> like watching them in the regular season and even like early on in the playoffs. Like everything was so crisp. I remember like multiple regular season games just watching them on both ends, offensively, defensively. Like every possession, every pass was on point. Their motions, their offense, everything was in sync. Coaching staff was obviously great. So they were the number one team in the league for a reason. They were fucking good at basketball and watching them just implode <laughs> and watching Lucas just shit on them in game seven. Sad and bitch. Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you should feel shitty about yourselves because you should not have lost that game. It's it's rare that I would have any sympathy for the Phoenix Suns. I still don't. It's your fucking fault. You're not here. There's no injury or rhyme or reason that like Milwaukee can go, oh, we didn't have our second best player. We didn't have an all-star in Chris Middleton. And therefore we were not as good. Phoenix had everybody. They were fine. You know, relatively healthy. Look, the playoffs have been very unhealthy across the board. There is no team that hasn't had an injury or two or multiple that have adjusted basically their fate. So 
Phoenix, you were as healthy as it's going to get, and you're not here, and you should have been. You were the best team in the NBA by far this year. So, unfortunately, Phoenix, yeah, you probably don't feel great, but I don't think it's anyone else but to blame, uh, but to blame yourself. Milwaukee, I do feel for. Milwaukee should probably have uh, a harder shout. Let's go back and talk about the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals, but only briefly because we're going to talk about the NBA Finals. That's what we want to do. But I do want to look at, most recently, we just finished a Game 7 where the Miami Heat did end up losing to the Boston Celtics in what we thought was a runaway game, and it was like a 13-point lead. Boston was up mostly, I would say, quite big, like double digits for, what, 70% of that basketball game? I mean, a large majority of that basketball game, listener. Um, And then what, 30 seconds left? This is a one-possession game at a point here? It's a complete meltdown. Boston was in cruise control, <laughs> and they they almost fumbled the bag so hard that what, what we could be talking about today would have been like the most one of the most historical collapses break, yeah. in, in playoff history. <laughs> and they got lucky that Jimmy Butler decided to have poor shot selection and played hero ball and took the three. But I, I will... had, had he drove in, taken a mid-range shot, attacked Al Horford, uh, so, listener, if you didn't get a chance to watch the play, about 30 seconds left. 11.6 seconds, I said. 11.6 seconds left. Yeah, so Jimmy They're Butler. Moving. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. They have the Miami has the ball in transition. It's just Jimmy Butler going head-to-head against Al Horford. Al Horford is backing away. He's about eight feet off of him, kind of playing in the paint. Jimmy Butler decides in transition to pull up for a three. And this is Jimmy Butler we're talking about. The man who, who shot 8% from three at one point in the regular season, but then turned into like prime Kevin Durant in the playoffs. But you know, that's well, what, that's what Jimmy does. Well, but, Kevin, Kevin did miss a clutch three last year as well. So yeah, maybe I guess, but Jimmy decides to take the three with 11 seconds left instead of attacking Al Horford, drawing a foul, taking a better shot that I think Jimmy Butler was more likely to make, but unfortunately he misses the shot. Celtics get the rebound. They foul. And then the game, the game is over. over. Yeah. I do, I do wonder if Jimmy doesn't play 48 minutes last night, if he plays 44 minutes, does he not take that three? Do you think fatigue played a role in him pulling up for that three? He just wanted to be the no, hero. No, he wanted to be the hero. He he saw the opportunity. He saw that Al Horford was backing off of him. He knew the, the, the time, and he was like, I'm hot. I'm feeling it. I'm going to go for the kill shot. Unfortunately, he just missed. Yeah, I mean, look, listener, for what it's worth, if he makes that shot, we're all praising Jimmy Butler right now, saying, oh, that's the ballsiest guy in the basketball, um, which he obviously is. And then we're like, all right, fuck it. Jimmy Butler's awesome. They're in the finals. It doesn't matter. That was a good shot because he made it. Uh, But because he missed, it's a bad shot. History is revised for that exact reason. Um, But I have to say, that series was one of the worst basketball series <laughs> oh, I think we've ever watched. I mean, I, I can't say like literally ever because I'm, I'm not going to sit here and just like think about all the bad series we've watched. But that was a bad basketball series. It was not fun. We had one good game in that series. All the other games were like 20, 30 point blowouts, at least at yeah. some point in the game. Um, yeah, no, that wasn't a fun basketball series. I did not enjoy watching that series. Yeah, I think what it was, though, is because both teams were so good defensively, you know, they made really good adjustments and clamped down on each other in, in different games. Like, you know, they revised their game when Miami took like a big loss, came back next game, Spolstra, one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the game, in my opinion, very good at making adjustments, especially defensively and knew how to slow Boston down. And then it, you know, it turns over to Ime Odoka and his staff, and then they made the right adjustments and they clamped down on Miami. And it was just kind of a back and forth defensive affair. And because we're so used to these offensive you know, teams and teams just scoring at will and scoring really, really well. That's the fun, fast-paced basketball that we're accustomed to. And this one was more slower, methodical, very high defense, which 
I think has taken away from the the excitement and then hence these some of these blowouts and that's why we thought it was a shitty series I think I agree with you the defense was definitely a factor I think the other thing that was a big factor was fatigue yeah they played every other day for the entire series injury or not Marcus Smart almost broke basically his entire fucking leg off right uh Tatum was coming in hurt yeah Jalen Brown's hurt Al Horford is old as crap so I mean look he's not getting any rest between games and then flipping to the other side Jimmy's playing 40 minutes a night. Bam is also playing a ton of basketball. I mean, Kyle Lowry basically missed, what, two games of the series as well. Yeah, It's like both teams came in limping, basically. No Tyler Hero for many of these games. games, For two games or three games. So, yeah, no, both teams came in already broken, as the playoffs do. And then they played every other day. I I don't remember the Eastern Conference Finals going every other day normally is this do you remember this being normal typically i feel like there was at least like a three-day break in between for teams to travel that's what i thought which is what the nba finals is is there's plenty of rest for the mm-hmm. nba finals the only two day is in for in boston where boston mm-hmm. will host game three and game four mm-hmm. of the series but other than that there's three games there's three days between every game and they they play a lot of minutes it's also the playoffs it's an equal playing field for everyone yeah it sucked and i think it definitely did contribute to the the blowouts, the entertainment of the product. Yeah, yeah. The product was definitely diminished yeah. because both teams were broken and exhausted. There's yeah. no time to recover. Yeah. Which is what crazy to me is the fact that Adam Silver, they want to add in like another in-season tournament and add more games to an already chaotic season, which I think the NBA season should be a little bit less. I think there's a lot of games and they're, they're, they're too quick. And the fact that now they want to add in an in-season tournament and condense even the window even more is is going to be tough but you know we'll see if and when that happens no i agree the the nba in-season tournament is only going to work if the nba consolidates right it's not going to be an 82 game season we're talking 72 games 70 games but then you have to convince owners that hey you're going to lose money for these you're going to lose these 10 games of income um which obviously takes away from the whole thing i don't see a world in which the owners are like yes we're down to make less money that sounds like a great idea yeah no way um so i mean look that's that's a whole conversation in itself we'll keep that for the off season because we're gonna have plenty to talk about in the off season but um but yeah jumping over the west coast the warriors beat uh the dallas mavericks in what five, five games? games five games. um and, and honestly it it wasn't it wasn't close those games i will say were more entertaining simply because they were closer and they were more fun to watch but it definitely felt like whenever the Warriors wanted to take things over, they did. Yeah. And that's exactly how that series kind of went. Uh, Dallas kept it close for maybe a half, maybe three quarters, maybe three and a half. And then the Splash Brothers and the defense and Kevin Looney <laughs> decided to be really good at basketball. They took over the series. And basically every game they won, it was very hard to argue that Dallas should have instead won that game. Yeah, agreed. Da- Dallas tried their best given the personnel that they had. Yeah. But the lack of experience, the lack of, I think, help that Luca had, the size definitely entirely mattered because Kevin Looney looked like Shaq down there. Ridiculous. Right? Ridiculous. You know, funny enough, uh, listener, you're familiar with Shaban, obviously a Dallas Mavericks fan, and I'm sure he would love, love to be here to shit on his own team. Um, but he's not, so I will instead. <laughs> um, I did, I I thought when they beat, when they had beaten Phoenix, I was like, oh, great. You've dealt with the best big man you will likely on the offensive side of the ball that you will likely play for the remainder of the playoffs, unless they bumped into Bam in the finals, which obviously now we know not a thing. I was like, oh, yeah, dude, Kevon Looney, not the offensive center, obviously, that DeAndre Ayton is. Um, and then the finals, if you bump into uh, a Boston, again, Robert Williams, fantastic defender, 
not the best offensive center in the league, and that's okay. So I was like, look, you're not going to really struggle. And then Kevon Looney was just better than DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> like, what the hell was that? The guy, look, there was a legitimate claim that he should have got the Western Conference Finals MVP. There is a legitimate argument <laughs> yeah. to be made. Like, yeah. I'm not being an ass. Like, I love Steph, and he deserves it, kind of. But Kevon Looney kind of deserved it, too. Yeah, yeah. Steph, Steph, if Steph had been more dominant in some of those games it would have been it's, he just it didn't have to be right yeah it just didn't have to be yeah he's, i mean now with obviously with pool and and the other factors of, of game five clay apparently is the thing now it's not game six clay ladies and gentlemen game five clay is real too yeah he's turning on at the right time but come on looney definitely had a, had a had a fair fair shot of winning mvp and how, how <laughs> which, which is just ridiculous to could say you, like it was imagine if we had said that in our preseason predictions that, you know, Kevon Looney would have a legitimate chance of being a Western Conference Finals MVP. I'm going to be honest with you. If any one of you guys had said that on the pod in the preseason, you would not be on the pod. Yeah, now. You, would, you would be, you'd be like, you know what? Sorry, yeah. you got to fuck off. Yeah, you like, know, you clearly are a casual yeah. or less than a casual. I don't even know what you are. <laughs> You're on drugs. Like even if Kays had said that, we've been like, okay, Kays has said some blasphemous yeah, things. Yeah, he said some outlandish things, definitely. But, but that this is... one would have been absolutely taking the cake. That Oh, pff, easily. <laughs> That's not a top three or top five scenario. That is top one. And it's... Uh, runaway, but Kevon Looney was incredible. Um, there's a good chance we see some version of that in the finals as well because he's gonna have Robert Williams, and Robert Williams is banged up from what we know. So there right. might be some Daniel Tice minutes in there or Al Horford at center minutes. Um, which by the way, Alford's been an absolute revelation. Yeah, Bam Adebayo looked not good, and Bam Adebayo was a player that one year ago, if I'd said, Hey, Al Horford, Bam Adebayo, what's going on? anybody in their right mind would say, well, guess what? Someone's going to be someone's daddy and it's not Al Horford. Yeah. Bam looked horrible, horrible in these Eastern Conference Finals besides Game, game 3 and, even and, game, and seven. game 6. Or Game, game sorry, seven. Game 7. He yeah. looked good. Yeah. Besides that, Bam Adebayo was not the Bam that we expected to see for yeah. sure. Al Horford's a really interesting concept because this happened when the Celtics had played the Sixers mm -hmm. and Al Horford had owned Joel Embiid. And that's why they signed him. That's yeah. why the Sixers were like, yo, fuck it. Come join yeah, us. Yeah. Like we don't want you guarding Embiid on any other team. We'd rather you have, we have you on our team. So yeah. nobody can guard Joel, mm -hmm. but Al Horford has done a really, really good job guarding big men throughout his career. And especially has shown in the playoffs, unfortunately throughout his career had nothing to show for it until this year. where now after what 141 playoff games. games and a 15 year career. He finally gets to make the NBA finals. Yeah. Listener, if you missed it, there was a, obviously like I also said, the 141 playoff games for Al Horford without making the NBA finals was an NBA record. Um, so, I mean, look, good for him to have been in 141 playoff games, but also now he's in the NBA finals. So that record, um, I mean, he'll hold it, but he'll have gone to the finals, <laughs> whether he wins or loses is to be determined. But I think the greatest thing for Al Horford was, uh, his buddy, Sam Presti gave him basically a whole calendar year off. He said when he got to Oklahoma city, yeah. he played a little bit right. and then they were like, Hey, you know what? For the next 10 months, relax, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Get your body right. And then packaged him and sent him right back to Boston and said, hey, he's good to go. Um, he's obviously done this with Chris Paul. Now he's done this Al Horford, which obviously means Derek Favors is going to the finals next year with yes. whatever team trades for him. Right. Obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, but anyway, so yes, that's that's kind of the Eastern and Western Conference finals. Now let's jump into the finals. We're going to do predictions. But before that, let's talk about. I guess X factors is the best way to go. We know Steph is good. We know Jason Tatum is good. We know Clay Thompson is going to be in and out of the series. Jordan Poole might be in and out of the series. We know Draymond's an incredible defender. On the other side, Jalen Brown, obviously very good. Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. There's, there's a ton of high-end names that we can talk about. What I want to talk about are going to be the guys that matter and then also aren't 
you know, the top tier poster kids. Right. Um, on Golden State side, is there an X factor? And obviously it can be a Jordan Poole, it can be a Clay Thompson, but is there an X factor that sticks out to you that you're like, I think this guy is going to matter more than we initially think? And I, your answer might be the same as mine, by the way. Yeah. I think I'm leaning Andrew Wiggins here. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Andrew, <laughs> look, listener, I am not an Andrew Wiggins fan. I am not happy <laughs> to say that he is the X factor for the Golden State Warriors. And now all of a sudden I will let you finish, but I'm not happy about this. Yeah. When you play the offense that Golden State has with the movement, the split cuts, the they're they're moving, they're running off screens. The shooters will get the most attention, right? The switching off of Steph, Clay, and now Jordan Poole, who is very well integrated in that system, that's where a lot of your attention defensively will go. When Golden State played Houston 2017-2018, the the only way that Houston was able to stay in that series, it's always back to Houston, isn't it with you? I'm wearing the shirt because I'm not I'm not in in my own background yeah, and I no. have the Rockets. I have to I wore the shirt for this yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, he's like I'm just going to somehow still rep this bum ass team. Yeah, so listener, if you're listening, I'm wearing a Rockets t-shirt. It's a Russell Westbrook t-shirt, which is funny. Uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the zero on the back. So. It's like he wants to torture me without me knowing. Fair yes, enough. Yeah. Right. Well played. Fair this play. Is, this is a welcome home to Atlanta present for yeah, you. Yeah, you know? sure as hell is. Yeah. <laughs> well, fair, fair play, fair play. So in 2017-2018, when the Rockets unfortunately lost that series in tragic fashion, uh, I'm still scarred. Historically tragic fashion. Yes, unfortunately. Listener, uh, they missed 27 threes in a row. Yeah, stop, bro. We know. I'm just know. making sure the listener is aware okay. of what we're referring yeah, to. Yeah, I know. It's plot. Look, listener, you might not have known. Now you do. Yeah, fair enough. When Golden State and <laughs> Did Houston... you know the Rockets missed 27 threes? No, bro. I had no idea. It's only haunted <laughs> me every single day of my life for the last seven years. It's okay. James Harden is apparently haunted by it, too. Yeah, yeah, clearly. My man eats 27 million calories a day now. Yeah, all them honey buns, bro. Honey buns are good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I could kind of go for a honey bun right now. Anyways, back to that series. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. So when they played in that series, because of the Rockets' ability to switch, they really depended on Kevin Durant and his ability to score isolation basketball. So what Boston is going to try to do is they're going to put Wiggins in that same position. They're going to cover up those three guys and be like, look, Andrew Wiggins, go ahead. If you want to take, you know, Grant Williams one on one, be my guest. If you want to score 30 on us with with Grant Williams and Derek White guarding you scoring 30. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it could happen. It could happen one of the games. But that's my point. That's how Boston's going to approach this Mm -hmm. series is they're going to contain those guys as much as they can Mm -hmm. uh, by, you know, frenetically switching because that's how one how Boston plays defense. And that's the only way you can stop Golden State from from scoring because Golden State, they've played now what Denver, Memphis, and now Dallas in their playoffs so far. And neither of those three teams are switch heavy teams. You know, mm-hmm. they all play drop coverage. Um, and Dallas tried. Dallas at, definitely tried. At the end. They, they yeah, definitely Jason, tried. Jason Kidd made that adjustment, but I think it was a little bit too late and they didn't have the personnel. For I think it. it's more than not the lateness. The personnel was the issue. Yeah. And then Boston clearly has the personnel. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. Now between Tatum, Smart, Brown, Grant Williams, even Al Horford can say with some of the perimeter guys, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. or like, at least put up a challenge. And yeah. he's got Robert Williams to back him, so it's not like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. He's and there. then you got Derek White off the bench. You know, Peyton Pritchard's going to get some minutes to, to come chase some of those guys around for a little bit, whatever he can do. But it's going to be on Andrew Wiggins to to create and one make his open shots because they're out of those three, out of those four guys between Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, and Andrew Wiggins. Who do you want shooting the ball? No, for sure. I'm I'm going to go the other way actually. So I mean, Andrew Wiggins is also my X factor. But it's actually not for the offense. The one thing we've seen in these playoffs is Andrew Wiggins 
has basically guarded the best player on the opposing team besides obviously Jokic. Um, he guarded Jaw for many possessions. Right. He, and when Jaw went out, he guarded well your buddy Dylan Brooks, who took the most shots on that team for fuck, many possessions. Fuck Dylan Brooks. That's why they lost. Fair enough. But he did take the most shots. He was the most offensive producing or attempting to produce player on Memphis when Jaw was out. And Andrew Wiggins was opposing him. He was the guard, right? Uh, the guy guarding him. And then Andrew Wiggins also guarded Luka. I'm not by any means saying that he stopped or even slowed down the guy like Luca or even job, but he was in front of him. He played decent defense right. and he's going to be the guy. I assume that's going to guard Jason Tatum most possessions, if not basically every possession of every game of these NBA finals. Yeah. And so the Boston Celtics will win if Jason Tatum plays well, immensely well, right. Finals MVP. Well, right. And if Andrew Wiggins is the guy guarding him, I feel pretty okay about that. Not that he's going to stop Jason Tatum, but Jason Tatum's might not going to have a couple of 40-point nights like he may have otherwise done if you put the likes of really anybody else on Golden State on him. Draymond is a fantastic defender. He cannot keep up with Jason Tatum anymore. He will serve as a help defender in this yeah. series, which is, I think, great news for Golden State because that's kind of where they want him. They want him as a as a rover, as a free safety, and he'll be able to do that in this exact series. Klay Thompson, unfortunately, is not the all-star defender or all NBA defender that he was prior to his injuries. So he's likely going to get the Jalen Brown assignment, which is not an easy one. But as we've learned in this playoffs, Jalen Brown somehow forgot how to dribble a basketball. <laughs> and so he's not going by anyone. Yeah. And so Clay Thompson can play good enough defense to make the ball right. hard to dribble because he already can't do that. Um, so that's why Andrew Wiggins is my X factor. It's actually less for the offense and more for the defense. And that's where I think Andrew Wiggins will be most beneficial. I don't think there is a world in which the Boston Celtics, regardless of the personnel, can stop two out of three of Steph, Poole, and Clay on a night-in, night-out basis. There will be games where they do that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there will be a consistency in stopping two out of those three guys. They will have to pick their poison. And right now, the way all three of those guys – look, Clay was a question mark. He kind of showed us the last series in game five when he closed it out, right? Yeah. Clay looks – I wouldn't say back, but – as close to back as he's been since coming back this he's, season. He's feeling it. And it's definitely tough to obviously coming off two years of not playing basketball and then being able to turn it on mid season, you know, recover, get your, get your feet back under you. And then to come out in, in a playoffs and a high intensity playoffs and be able to, to perform night in and night out. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. And so he's definitely feeling his way back and feeling his rhythm back into his shot. We've seen a lot of rush shots from clay, throughout when his after his return and even in these playoffs because he's trying to get his rhythm back and really get a flow for the game but it's coming back and if he puts it together especially in these finals these finals will be over real quick oh without a doubt and so then the next question then goes all right flip the script boston who is their x factor i think we saw this in a little bit of the the miami series but Derek white Derek white had that explosive game where he you know came off the bench i think had 22 or 23 points off the bench played terrific defense stayed in front of all of his guys uh, made knocked on his open threes and it's the same it's a similar concept with Andrew Wiggins right like when you've got Tatum Brown and Smart and you know Derek White out there you're gonna you're gonna funnel the shots to Derek White if, if anybody you're gonna leave open it's gonna be him mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and so when you do that it's up to Derek White to, to be a consistent knockdown three-point shooter he hasn't really done that in his career right so throughout throughout this season over like he's put up three he's averaged what three attempts from three this year and shot 28 percent right 
Golden State is happily going to live with that. Oh, yeah. You know, they if want they get Derek White shooting 28% in the NBA Finals, I think they'll be ecstatic. Right. So Derek White has shown some flashes, and he's getting more comfortable. Again, midseason acquisition over to the trade deadline, right? Yeah. Great pickup for Boston. He's been he's been wonderful for them. And I think this is going to be the time where he really earns that trade. And now is the time to shine. It's the NBA Finals. You're going to get opportunity. Ime Odeka is a big fan of him. They like they like I mean, they what give he up a do. lot. They give yeah. up a lot to get him, so they have to. Yeah, and so they he's and he's got to perform, and he's got good opportunity to. So he just got to knock down his open shots and play good defense, and he could be a big piece in helping Boston get over the hump and beating Golden State. Well, I'm happy we don't have the same X factor for Boston. I will say that mine is Grant Williams, and it's for a very specific reason. Grant Williams showed us, at least in the the Milwaukee series, less so in the Miami series, believe it or not, he's a very good three point shooter and a bowling ball of a defender. So then the question goes, well, in all likelihood, who's going to be guarding Grant Williams? Draymond Green is probably going to be the guy that's on that matchup most of the time when Grant Williams is going to be playing minutes. He's not a starter. We know this, right? Um, And my point to this is what I said earlier, Draymond Green is going to be a free safety. He's going to be moving around. If Jason Tatum has the ball and he's moving, he's going to probably go help defense there. Or if Jalen Brown's got the ball, he's likely going to go help defense there, which means there's a good chance Grant Williams is going to have a lot of open looks. And then the question becomes, can he knock them down? Yeah. And if he does knock them down like he did in the Milwaukee series, Boston's going to have a guy that they don't necessarily expect to be a legitimate, consistent contributor contributing. And that's all you need in the NBA Finals. Jason Tatum is going to be good. Jalen Brown is going to be good. Marcus Smart is going to be what Marcus Smart is, which, by the way, this season has been pretty fucking good. Right. If you get a fourth guy who is an offensive juggernaut who's shooting 38 40%, which by the way, he shot 42% on seven. Nope. I lied. 40% on four attempts from three in the NBA playoffs so far. If you get that guy, you're going to be pretty happy with that scenario. And so Grant Williams is my X factor. And by the way, he's a fantastic defender as we already know too. Right. Um, He's a body picks up fouls. He's very aggressive and coming off screens, which the warriors like to do a lot. He will be more than happy to give an extra bump to the likes of Steph Curry or Clay or Poole or whoever else it may be coming off a screen. Um, so Grant Williams is my X factor, and he more on the offensive side than on the defensive, as opposed to Andrew Wiggins. Uh, for me, I I hate the Boston Celtics. I also hate how exciting I believe this series will be of basketball. Yeah. It will be fun from a basketball standpoint. It's going to be fun to watch. I think, and I think you agree. And I know Shaban and Kays, who are not here today, also agree, listeners. So we're going to jump into, are we comfortable doing predictions? Yeah. Okay, so let's jump into predictions. Um, Shaban, oh, we're going to do, we'll do predictions and finals MVP, okay? Because we have those picks. So uh, Shaban has the Warriors in six, mm-hmm. and he's got Draymond Green being the finals MVP. Yeah. Kays has the Warriors in five. five. Is that right? Yes. And he's got Stephen Curry as the finals MVP. Yeah. Which way are you going on that scenario? I'm going Warriors in six as well. I'm taking a little piece from both of them. I'm going Warriors in six, and I've got Stephen Curry as the MVP. Okay. And I'm listening. This is a boring podcast. I apologize. I'm also going Warriors in six, and there is no world in which the Warriors win another NBA finals and Steph Curry still does not get a finals MVP. They will make sure he gets it, even if he does. He will likely deserve it. I'm saying that. But even if he doesn't deserve it, they will find a way to get it to him because he he deserves one and he now needs one. Yeah, I agree. But I think it'd be so funny. It'd be so funny if he doesn't <laughs> if he doesn't win one. Jordan Poole gets it or something. Jordan Poole or Draymond. I think Draymond is also like a very it's a, it's a possible. Pick, I just don't but- think Draymond. So the, the way the finals MVP works is there's some van vote involved, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. And then media vote for the most part. 
it's it's rare that Draymond is going to have the stats, yeah, the like the literal on paper stats that Fair. people look for, yeah, that will give him enough votes to get the Finals MVP. He will likely be a player that deserves it, but you know people are are, are stat lookers. They like right. to look at the box yeah. score. They like to see what he did yeah. or what he didn't do. Agreed. And he's going to have like seven 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 and a two blocks and two steals. That's yeah, like Draymond's stat sheet. Yeah. The other reason that I. I think Steph will win it the precursor to this. But one thing that I've I've been seeing is because of that this will now be the Warriors potential fourth championship where they to win, the conversation of Steph Curry versus LeBron James and in the argument that if they were to win, they're going to put so it's Steph. It's not a conversation. Steph, I, I agree. Okay. I, I agree. Okay. First of all, cool. this is not a conversation. I like to make sure that we agree on this because yes. this is, no. I've, I've heard this as well. I've seen it out there and I think it's, Absolutely not. There is no world that even if Steph Curry wins this fourth title and wins a finals MVP, he is still not in the same league as LeBron James. And and by the way, I, that's not a knock to Steph. I hate that it feels like we're knocking Steph. Yeah. Because that's not what we're he's incredible. He's a top 12 basketball player, if I did my list probably, of all time. Right. Yeah. But like LeBron is top two. Yeah. That, that's what you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like it's unlikely Steph Curry goes from 12 to two because they won this finals and you won right. the finals MVP. Right. That's probably yeah. not going to happen. So that's, that's my only thing. Also, I just think it'd be really, really funny if Steph were to not win a finals MVP. It, and- look, it would be funny. Just, I don't think there's a world in which it happens yeah. assuming they win the finals. Agreed. But you're right. It would be very, <laughs> they give it to Kevin Looney. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, I would enjoy like that. You get the Western conference finals one. You take that new trophy, but we're going to give the finals MVP to somebody right, else. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, look, those are our picks for the NBA Finals. Listener, if you want to turn this off and call it a day, I don't blame you. But us and I are going to do a fun little activity while we still have you. Um, what we wanted to do was to see where every player in this uh, in these two rosters kind of fall. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do like a fantasy-style draft of these two rosters. We're only going to pick five players each, snake draft style. Um, and I think that'll kind of give us the hierarchy of the players that we're looking at. We're going to rank them basically by doing a little draft. I think it's more fun. So do you want the first pick or do you want second and third pick? Um, let's go. I'll go. I'll go the first pick. You'll go first pick. Yeah. Uh, well, I kind of know who you're taking. Go yeah, ahead. It's, it's, an, it's an easy pick. I'm going to go. Steph Curry is the best player. What? In the series. He's not even the finals MVP. Yeah, I know, but he's still <laughs> the best player. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, you've got Steph. I will definitely be taking, I will take Jason Tatum. This is where it gets tricky. This yeah, is, no, there's two. There's only two players on my mind, <laughs> yeah, listener. Yes. Um, and he will take the other one that I don't take. So right. I can talk. I can speak out loud. I'm just, I'm not giving away any information. For me, it's between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. And it's not for you. I think it's between Jalen Brown and Draymond. Interesting. Ooh, well, let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. So Draymond, we agree, should be in this conversation. Yes. You think uh, uh, Jalen Brown. I think Jordan Poole. And the only difference why is... I think there's a world in which Jordan Poole on any given night is the best player on the Warriors and they win. I'm less convinced, not saying it's not possible, definitely is. I'm less convinced there's a world in which Jalen Brown is the best player on the Celtics on a given night and they win in the NBA Finals. That's why I'm saying I like Jordan Poole. Not that he's, I don't actually think he's a better player per se. Right. But Jordan Poole has a 50 point game in him any given time. I'm not convinced Jalen Brown is that guy. He was last year and the year before. I feel like he's kind of taken a step back this year. Look, the guy can't dribble. And that is not a criticism we had of him 12 months ago. Right. I think that Jordan Poole also gets the benefit of the doubt there because of that. He's now the third option in that offense versus Jalen Brown is a, is a diehard for sure. Second. 
right? Is he the third option in the offense? Jordan Poole? Yeah. No, I disagree. I, Jordan Poole has now pretty cemented himself as the second option. I think when Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole are on the court, that they are still looking for Clay first. I, I disagree. I, I'm, I just disagree. Yeah, I just simply disagree. I think that Clay, I think the Warriors know at this point that Clay is still not Clay yet. And they have treated it with uh with like kid gloves almost, right? They're like, hey, we'll get Clay shots, we'll make sure Clay's open, we'll get him off screens and rolls. But if we need to create offense, I'm gonna give the ball to Jordan Poole, and the ball is in his hands when Steph Curry is not playing. There, remember, there was a time in the playoffs where Steph Curry is coming off the bench, Jordan Poole is starting because they're comfortable to do that. Right. That is not a situation in which most teams would be okay to do, but they were because Jordan Poole was that good. Yeah. He made a case for that to be reality. Remember, there was a point in the NBA season towards the end of the regular season where those three guys before the Steph Curry injury, which we actually we need to talk about, funny enough. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad you pointed it out. I'm glad I remember now. But there was a point where they played together and they were like, maybe they should bench Clay. Yeah. Right. You remember this? Yeah. For Jordan Poole. That's why I think Jordan Poole is still on a night in, night out basis, still the second guy. So to, to my art, to adding to my argument, I looked up the shot attempts that in these playoffs of like who's taking the most shots for the Warriors. And obviously Steph Curry is number one is averaging 19 shots a game. Number two is clay at 17. Then third is Andrew Wiggins close to 13. And then Jordan Poole is fourth at 12 shots a game. Mm-hmm. So there's a five shot difference yeah. between both of them. And the only minutes difference. I think the Dallas series is why that, that dis- the discrepancy is there because Jordan Poole, I don't think had the best series against Dallas yeah. comparative to clay. Clay definitely looked better. The other thing too, is that you look, you flip it to the other side, the defensive side. Okay. Jalen Brown is a better defender than Jordan Poole. Which is why. I'm oh yeah, taking, no, I agree with that. Which is why yeah. I'm taking him. If I'm doing a fantasy draft and I'm picking. The, what do you mean? If we are doing one? Well, it's not our, your pick, though. It's mine. In our fantasy draft, <laughs> if I had your pick, yes. Then if I'm debating between Jalen Brown and Jordan Poole, I'm going to pick Jalen Brown because of the two-way ability that he has. Okay, so I, I want to ask. So I've got pick two and three. Does that mean you have four and five, or do you just have four and then I have five? I think we can. I have. We're just one and one it after yeah, that. Yeah. All right, cool. So then, in that case, I'll take. Uh, I'll take Draymond. For sure. Okay. Uh, so I've got Jason Tatum and I've got Draymond Green. Now the pick comes to you. I'm taking Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown. And I still get Jordan Poole. I'm still happy. Yeah. You I'm get, very, you look, get your I got, I got Jason Tatum, Jordan Poole, and Draymond Green. I'm a happy camper right now. Fair. My team looks pretty fucking good. Yeah. And you've got Steph and you've got Jalen Brown, which is Jaylen solid. Brown. And now it's your pick. Now, now it gets hard. Now, now things get, come on, Looney. Come on. Now's your chance. <laughs> Take him on, Looney. Um, I think I got to go Marcus Smart here. Okay, so I think you made a big mistake, but I, I'll explain in a second. No, no, you've already picked. You can't go back yeah, now, no, but I think you made a big mistake yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, am I... <laughs> based on the team I'm constructing, I think you've made a mistake. Yeah. Go ahead. Talk us, Mike. Marcus Martin's a good pick, but go ahead. Yeah, the debate was between Marcus Martin and Clay. Okay, still still not. Yeah, that wasn't even what I was thinking, but cool. Oh, okay. All right. I, I'm very happy with my team. Okay. We'll, we'll go. Yeah, so I think with, obviously with Marcus, he's, his playmaking ability has really shown and he's, he's now the primary point guard of that team. Yeah, for sure. So, and Tatum obviously has grown in his playmaking abilities, but they need Tatum to be a scorer, uh, scorer first, and then, you know, playmaker second. But on the flip side, if I don't know if the Warriors will do this, but they could double team Jason Tatum. I mean, Miami started doing it, right. They started trapping him off of Mm -hmm. pick and rolls. So making somebody else make a play. And that's where somebody like Marcus comes into play where he makes the right play. Some of those passes that, you know, Tatum and smart made ridiculous. Uh, in these, in this ridiculous. Eastern conference series were, were really astounding to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that I did not expect in their game and just going, gone, going to show how much they've grown in their NBA careers. And 
you know, that's why they're here at this point is because of their ability to make those plays and not just be a, just a defender or just a scorer in mm-hmm. the case of, of Tatum. No, I agree. Marcus Smart has turned himself into the primary creator as well as the third tertiary third, the third creator. And Jason Tatum is squarely at second, right? Yeah. It's the ball is, Hey, Marcus, create something. If you can't, Jason creates something. And then if you can't go right back to Marcus, cause that's really how good he's been this NBA season. He's become the point guard that they've been vying for, for years now. Right. Um, and it took, I think a lot of soul searching for him to come to that conclusion, but he did do it. And yeah. it's all the credit in the world to him. You've taken Marcus smart. Uh, I'm going to go with, yeah, you made me question my pick. I'm going Robert Williams. I'm going Robert Williams because that's who I want. Okay. And that's the mistake I thought you made um, because he is unquestionably the best big man in this in this series, but there's like two, right? And then that's obviously classifying Draymond as a power forward. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm very comfortable taking Robert Williams because Robert Williams with Draymond Green would be just ridiculous. Good luck scoring the basketball. Yeah, good luck. I agree with you. And, and I I've got Tatum and Poole. I understand where you're coming from. The only hesitation that I have with Robert Williams is his injury. Sure, he's fine. <laughs> this is a fan, this is a fantasy draft. He's fine. Okay, I have fantasized that he is fine. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, in reality, he is playing with fuck you. <laughs> he's playing with uh, some knee some knee soreness yes, after suffering a bone bruise, and I believe it was game three against Milwaukee. My man has bad knees, bro. Yeah, he, he had, had right, meniscus, right and he meniscus ran back surgery. Yeah, and then a bone bruise, and then now he's got some knee soreness, and he missed a couple of games, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with that with that injury and. The rest will do them well. They mm-hmm. now get three days off. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, but that's still a question mark, right? For the Boston side is the Robert Williams injury, seeing how he comes off. Marcus Marchman banged up. He's got some shoulder, ankles. Although at this point, everybody's banged up. It's the playoffs. But the reason that they miss games, like, you know, Smart had to miss games because of his injuries. So that's something to look at for that side. And I guess we can address the Warriors injuries as well while we're doing this is Gary Payton. When we're talking about Andrew Wiggins being a defensive X factor, Gary Payton, we think we forget about Gary Payton, how good, I think, good he was he was before he got injured. I think I mean this absolutely respectfully. I think NBA nerds are a little overvaluing Gary Payton's actual value based on the amount of minutes I really think he would have gotten in this last series against the Mavericks, and really more importantly, this series here. Gary Payton is the best defender on that basketball team, not named Draymond Green. Right. I absolutely agree with that. Right. But is Gary Payton really playing more than 12, 15 minutes in a basketball game? It's very unlikely that is the reality. He is not an offensive juggernaut. He had one good offensive game, right. which he deserves all the credit in the world for. And I think he's a fantastic basketball player. But in the playoffs, we shorten our rotations to maybe seven guys. Yeah, Eight is a, an anomaly beyond belief. I mean, if you just look at the Boston Celtics box, uh, box minutes, what are we looking at? Two, four, six, seven guys. The, the Peyton Pritchard gets 13 minutes a game. Yeah. That's probably where Gary Payton would have been if if that's the reality in yeah. which he would be healthy. That makes so sense. let's I, I think he's a good player. I think he's a fantastic defender. I don't want to overvalue his contribution on the basketball court because he would only be on the court for such little amounts of time. Right. Um, and, and so 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 just listener for a recap here. It, the first pick obviously went Steph Curry. That's what us it took. I then took Tatum and and Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. You then took Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. I've got um, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Poole, Poole. And then now Clay Thompson. I took I took Marcus sorry, Smart. Marcus Smart. I took Robert, Robert Williams. Williams. Now it is your pick again. I'm sorry. I absolutely bummed that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you've got the next pick, and this is your second to last pick. This would be. This is eight. your last pick. No, no second I, last. I, this is your second last I pick. I have three players. You have four. Yes. 
You have second so I have eight, you'll have nine, and then I'll have ten. Sounds good. Thank you. I appreciate that. I said good. Eat a dick, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Listener, by the time we're recording this, it's past midnight. Come yeah. on, cut me some slack. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm doing the best. I it's can. late for safe. He's old. Cut him, cut him some oh, slack. Oh, pain. I think you're older than me mentally at this point <laughs> in time. I feel young. I'm That's just good. Tired. I'm happy for you, man. Fuck you. All right. At eight. Yes. I think now is the time. No, it's not. Don't do it. I'm going to MVP Kevon Looney here. Oh, you have to. Yeah, I, you I have need, to. I need a big to match Robert Williams and the between like you know between Kevon Looney and Al, and Al Horford. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. Looney's just been really really good, and it's not only like the defense and the rebounding; it's the the mid range shot and the playmaking. From he's him. been surprisingly good. Yeah, yeah he's been from, on both of those. Fun. There was one play, I think it was either the Mavs series or the Grizzlies series. I can't remember, but he, they inbounded the ball to him. He was like, I think a foot inside the three-point line, shot clock winding down, and he let it fly. Like, no hesitation, just let it rip, swish. Like, good, good fundamentals. Like, he, he, I mean, he's an NBA player. Like, he can make that shot. Most NBA players can make that I want shot. To, I want to remind you. I know you're getting excited, but we are talking about Kevon Looney, so let's keep the analysis at a reasonable time limit on Kevon Looney. <laughs> Respectfully, as much as uh, Kays would advocate for his finals MVP standing, yes. I don't think he'll be winning that. So, But my point is that you can pass him the ball you know, if he's open at you know by the free throw line, by the elbow, and you're comfortable with him taking that shot Definitely. if you're the Warriors. And he can make that, and he's shown that he can make that. And then on top of that, you know, obviously Draymond is the offensive fulcrum of that team. You're running all your actions. Kevon Looney is setting screens, mm -hmm. but Kevon Looney can roll. He can, you know, obviously when he's open, you know, get him underneath, you can get a dunk, but he's good at making that next pass as mm -hmm. well. And Draymond can, will get that hockey assist through Kevon Looney. I like it. And I like the terminology. Yeah. And Kevon has shown the ability to do that, which adds another dimension to this Warriors team that's already got all this movement. And now when you add another playmaker and a guy who can make these reads, that's not Steph or Draymond. And you have a guy like Kevon Looney who's making them. That makes you really fucking hard to guard. I definitely agree. I think the biggest thing that Kevon Looney has brought to the playoffs is his offensive rebounding. It's something the Dallas Mavericks have struggled with. It's something he did well against even the Memphis Grizzlies. Kevon Looney has just become more aggressive on, on the glass. Yeah. And it's worked. That That's the position... That if you if we would take a poll of a hundred people, what's the weakest position on the Warriors? It would always have been center. Yeah, and it still is, but it's not a net negative anymore. No. He's been good. He's been genuinely reliable. Right, which is uh, which is a turn of events, I have to say. Yeah. Um, with my last pick, look, I've got Poole, and and I've got Tatum, and I've got Draymond and Robert Williams. I hate it, but I'm taking Andrew Wiggins. Okay. Uh, like you said, good on offense, good on defense. Yeah. I can't ask for a lot more. I've got my two firecrackers in Tatum and Poole. They're going to score. They're going to be the fulcrum of my offense. And on defense, I've got basically four and a half guys who know how to play good defense. Yeah. I'm very happy with that team. I'll walk away quite happy. I'll probably win these NBA finals. Yep. And then I you said, yep. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> the last at, at 10, I've got to take Clay Thompson. You know, yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. Like the, the guy can go off for, for 60 points with no matter how I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I already thought you took clay, which is why I didn't take clay. I'm a little mad now. <laughs> I, I, in my mind, I, I thought you honest to God, I thought you were going to go clay and then Looney. So in my mind, I thought you'd already pick clay. I fucked At up. At that point I was just I building the up. warriors. Yeah. yeah, no, I fucked but up. Now you took Andrew I Wiggins. I should have taken clay. That was your team would have been whatever. My defense <laughs> is better for it. Yeah. He, Wiggins is a better defender than yeah. clay right now. Yeah. 
listen to that may change right now that's the case i got the splash brothers so how are you gonna really count on the splash count out the splash brothers i got steph and clay on the same team i've got the guy who texts kobe okay yeah i got the guy who texts kobe on my team and then apparently texts the world about i wanted to ask okay listener just just to conclude can you tell them your five and then i will tell them my five and then we'll move on to the other things so i guess by position we'll have steph curry then marcus smart then clay thompson then Jalen Brown as my power forward. Yeah, you can't and, feel good about that. And yeah, well, the guy can't dribble, so he doesn't need to dribble when he's a power forward, right? Well, good. I'm so. glad he's a great spot up shooter. Oh wait, <laughs> he's really not the best spot up shooter either. Whatever, fine. And then I got Kevon Looney hold, holding it down. In the yeah, paint. cool. And listener, as you already know, I've got Jordan Poole, and I've got Wiggs, I've got uh, Jason Tatum, Draymond Green, and then I've got Robert Williams. I'm pretty happy with my team, although. I do find it interesting how we built the teams because you're definitely offense and I'm definitely defense. Yeah. Um, which is fun. Um, but yeah. Okay. So the other thing was listener after the game last night, Jason Tatum, obviously he went out and posted on Instagram um, congratulating his teammates and celebrating success as he should. One of the things he posted was a screenshot of a picture that uh, of his text message or his iMessage. Yeah. And he texted uh, Kobe Bryant's number and he said, I got you today. Right. Um, and it's, it's been very interesting, the reactions from the NBA Twitter, the NBA Reddit, just the NBA world on this one thing. By the way, listener, to give you some context, he posted uh, on Instagram, obviously, you could post multiple pictures. He posted 10 pictures. This was the 10th in the series. of You have to scroll to get, it wasn't like, hey, this is what I did today. Be proud. Like yeah. um, he's getting a lot of that's really cringe. That's really um, asking for attention worthiness. And I definitely see where people are coming from. I just don't have a problem with it. I don't seem to, I don't see, look, I'm never going to get mad at an NBA player connecting with someone or something that they find meaningful. And if this is something that meant something to Jason Tatum, that's cool. I think it's awesome. I think it would have been more fun or, or more meaningful if, uh, Kobe Bryant's late or the late Kobe Bryant's wife, Vanessa was like, Oh, Jason Tatum texted. And that came out that way. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't actually care that much about, this is not a newsworthy story. And the only reason we're talking about it is because everybody else seems to want to talk about it. I think it's kind of cool that he connects with Kobe this way. And in my mind, he's a Laker by extension, even though <laughs> fuck the Celtics, but Jason Tatum in another world, in an alternate universe, he is a Laker. It's possible. Definitely. And maybe in this universe, he's a Laker. Okay. One day. Now, now maybe. he's just, now just maybe. safe is just trying to build himself, give him this false sense of hope. And now he has to deal with Russell Westbrook for another year. So look, look. I like Russ. I don't have a problem with Russ yeah. off the court on the court. Eh. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> That's for the off season. We'll eh. have, we'll have a, we'll have a Russell Westbrook session. In no, the we won't. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I know you guys know, but Shabbat and I will. So I wanna, you I'm, guys will I'm be gonna, there for that. I'm going to take that week off. I'm going I'm <laughs> to take a little siesta for myself. I don't have a problem with it either. In game seven, he was, Jason Tatum usually wears an armband on his left arm. Usually that's a white or whatever color. It has a number zero Green or something. Yeah. Yeah. This for game seven, it was the purple 24. Yeah. It was, it was a Laker color thing, which for any Celtic in human history, that would have been blasphemy. But Tatum was like, no, this is my yeah, thing there. I don't have any is- issue with it. I then, think it's great. Yeah. Tatum has Fuck always, Celtics. Tatum has always idolized Kobe Bryant and the Mamba mentality. And to me, that's just a tribute to his, to his idol. And he made it to that stage persevering when a lot of people doubted him and doubted that the entire Celtics team this season, right? Absolutely. You know, like in December and January, we were talking about the Celtics. They should blow it up. Mm -hmm. People were criticizing Ime Odoka for his his performance and being a rookie head coach Mm -hmm. and the, the drastic, drastic turnaround they've had, you know, like that, that's not easy, especially not in this league where this is the most talented 
NBA we've seen in oh, the, yeah, in yeah, the history yeah, of the yeah, game, yeah. especially offensively, right? There's so many great players and great scorers and great teams in this league. And for the Celtics to be able to do what they did and get to this stage is, is phenomenal. And if Tatum wants to, you know, attribute that and, you know, celebrate that and do what he needs to do. Uh, and if that's whether wearing a Kobe armband or texting Kobe doing whatever it is, then go for it, dude. I, you're, you're, an, you're a, you're not a grown a, ass man. Yeah, dog. You're not an, you're you're a grown an yeah. You're not just an NBA player. You're a person. Sometimes I feel like it's hard to differentiate that. Or when we look at these players in yeah. such a certain light, yeah. uh, not even saying like we, as in we, as in the NBA community, sure. You know, you look at these guys and you know, they're terrific athletes, but they're people, they have goals and idols and aspirations. And that for Jason Tatum, that's, that was his way of showing that and showing that recognition and that respect and the admiration and love that he has for his idol. I don't know why people would shit on that. I find that absolutely appalling. I don't know why this is a topic. I yeah, agree. no, I agree with you. I, I didn't want to talk about it. The only reason why I had any interest in talking about it is because I actually genuinely wanted to know your thoughts on it. I said, um, and if Kays was here, if Shabon was here, I would want to know their thoughts as well. Listen, I want to know your thoughts um, because I think it's very reasonable to have different opinions on this type of thing. Um, but I want I want to be able to get a reasonable defense. I don't want to be like, oh, it's cringy. Why? Yeah. Why? That that's his fucking hero. You yeah. Know? If I had Kobe Bryant's number, I would text it every day. I think I would. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so listener, that's the NBA Finals preview. And I don't really know when we'll speak to you next. We might come in between because we have a pretty good amount of time between games. So that might be worth something that we'll do. Yeah. But let's see how game one goes. Look. One piece of advice, listener, I have for you. You, listener, have been watching basketball for more than one season, and you are not a nine-year-old child who's just now begun watching the NBA. Or, and if you are, then please listen to this. This is an advice for you. Don't overreact to game one. No matter what you see, no matter what happens, no matter who wins or who loses, by how many, don't overreact to game one. The series doesn't start until the home team loses. And that's kind of how every NBA Finals goes, unless you're like the Lakers and the uh, the Orlando Magic circa 2009, in which you were fucked from the start. Besides that, <laughs> the NBA Finals, this will be fun. These two teams are good, and they probably deserve to be here, um, even with all the shenanigans of the NBA season. This will be a fun one. I do think, dare I say it, I think this will be more fun than last year's NBA Finals. With the Suns and the, yeah, the Bucks, yeah, I I think so too. Just because of one, obviously Steph Curry and the Warriors of are, 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 are highlight real basketball. They they just the way they play basketball, they've changed the game. Uh, they they bring in more ratings Look, the, for a reason. The, the way right? the Suns play, the Warriors do exactly that, but better and more fun. Right, right, and more yeah. likable. No offense, more likable personalities yeah. as well. Yeah, which helps. This this league has definitely shifted into a three point shooting league, and the Warriors have two of arguably the top five shoot three point shooters of all time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, finals MVP will be an interesting one. I don't see a world. Okay. So we, we all picked the Warriors. So we didn't even talk about the Celtics. So let's do that. If the Celtics were to win. Yeah. It's Tatum, it's Tatum. right? It has to be, it has, it to, be has to be Tatum. Yeah. And any other scenario would likely mean that Celtics didn't win. Right. I mean, if anybody else is the best player, it's unlikely that they won. The, the is that only, fair? Yeah. The, the only situation I see is if, Tatum averages like 25 and Jalen Brown averages 30. Like Jalen Brown is the only other guy that I think yeah, has, win, the, has the opportunity, has the opportunity to I win, win yeah. finals MVP. And if the Celtics were to win for that to happen, Tatum, like Tatum can't slack off. Essentially mm -hmm. he has to be 
a very, very close second for that reality to even exist. Yeah, no, I agree. And before we get out of here now, listener, if you've made it this far, I can tell you my deep, dark secret of why, uh, besides my hate for the Celtics, I don't want them to win. It is 2022 and they are still milking 2008. We cannot have them win. <laughs> we cannot have them win in 2022. They will not. They will milk this until 2044 for all I know. So we can't afford that. Let's let let's get let's get on the, the bandwagon of the Warriors. Let's get them to win. Let's call this a day. Yeah. Um, Steph Curry and them winning has really never hurt any of us. So let's just remember. Uh, speak for yourself, bro. Did look, they... look, look. You guys just weren't good enough. Yeah, I agree. If you had a player who was like, "Hey, we've missed like twenty two threes. I should probably just stop shooting them and do something different." Maybe it goes differently. Statistically, that just doesn't happen. And that anomaly, like. For yes, but for it did to yes, you. yes, not to you. Sorry, to to the Houston Rockets yeah, on the court that it's, day. It's unfortunate, and it it happened. Also, like that Warriors team was the greatest team of all time. Yeah, I think that it's the hate for the Warriors was when Kevin Durant was there, yeah. and it's easy to like them again because they're likable again. They're not a right, they're cheat not code. Yeah, exactly. They're not a fucking video game. Like they're incredible, and they're fun to watch, and they're entertaining, and they're not head and shoulders, the best team in the NBA by far, unquestionably, yeah. period, right? What does worry me, though, and I think it goes for both teams, is the the turnovers. So both teams have shown that they can get sloppy with the ball. Golden, oh, yes. Golden, this could be fun. Golden State plays really fast, but they have the tendencies that they turn the ball over real yeah, they're, quick. They're 28th in the league, by the way, on turnovers. They, okay. they average the almost most turnovers yeah. in yeah. the NBA. Which is the, the, way, bad. the way they play their offense and like not, they don't like not everybody can make the right read at the right times. And that's when it results in some of those turnovers. But Boston has shown the same thing too. Boston gets lazy. Boston almost blew that lead in game seven last night because of turnovers <laughs> and bad decisions and being uh -huh. sloppy. So they both have the tendency to do that. And it's very simple, but whichever team turns the ball over the least will win this series. Yeah, though whoever scores the most points, points wins the game. Whoever right? puts the ball in the basket more times than the other team. Yeah, whoever gets well, to four first wins the series. Yeah, yeah. it's a whole thing. Look, I'm not <laughs> look, that was just a good moment for us, I think, to conclude the podcast. I think we've both gone loony. It is Kevon Looney. Ha, ha, um, good one. Good <laughs> it's one. time to call it a night. Listener, thank you for listening to another episode of the Hoopologist podcast. I was us. gonna do the thing again. Yeah. Um at, at Hoopologist on Instagram and at and Twitter. <laughs> and Twitter. I forgot. And, and <laughs> the hoopologistpodcast.com on Case is going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, I figured. That's why we had to throw it in at the end, but it's okay. It's not great. It's, I don't think this matters. But anyway, listener, thank you for listening to another episode. We'll see you at some point in the NBA Finals, but enjoy. Bye. See ya. See ya.